You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Hog of Liberty podcast. This is episode number 273, are you kidding me, of East Central Indian's favorite podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Today I'm joined by my forever co-host, Mr. Dakota Davis. How we doing? Today's episode features our two candidates for Henry County Council, district number three. We have Shannon, uh, is it Tom or Thom? Tom? Tom. Tom. All right. And who's the Republican running for office? And then Angela Mahaffey. Yeah, Mahaffey. Mahaffey, the Democrat running for office. I didn't get either one of your names right. So, what's well, okay? You don't bear with You're on a roll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I live in Spiceland. You'll have to forgive me. Uh, we're going to be talking to uh, both of these candidates about all kinds of issues that are facing the council right now, uh, namely funding the sheriff's department, uh, the American Rescue Plan funds, county buildings, and the maintenance and upkeep that come with those, the expo center, and then uh, some other little things as we get into it. And I'm sure that both of these candidates have things they want to talk about as well. So make sure you stick around and listen to the whole episode. Special thanks to uh, Sarah Morrill, who's our fill-in uh, interim producer tonight, as Zach Bertram is on on snake handling assignment down in southern Indiana. <laughs> Missing the- <laughs> out on purse bingo tonight, but yeah, well, it's all good. I didn't you. buy a ticket. Thank so. you for it's your okay. sacrifice. This show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh. But hopefully you'll always learn something new. We just did a 15 to 20 minute fun segment on Patreon, uh, talking about the, uh, the fall break, uh, and, uh, and some new merchandise capabilities that, uh, that are available. That's right. Patreon.com slash boss hog of liberty. That is where you can go to support the show on a monthly basis as far as donations are concerned. That's how we pay the electric bill around here. That's how we pay, uh, Mike and Mike Broyles and Scott Frost for the rent. Um, and Patty. Yeah. All the Rose City. That's partners. right. That's right. Don't you go Patty in corrected Sexist. us. Patty yeah. corrected us and said she's the one that handles the money. <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, and it's where we get Dakota's fidget spinner, fidget spinner budget. Right now, he's just right. playing with a mic yeah. flag. He doesn't allow them to be put on the microphones anymore. He just wants to play with them in his hands. Uh, you had to take one off today, bud. Okay. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Boss Hog of Liberty. You get all kinds of bonus stuff. You get a 20-minute episode before the show. Every week, that is where we talk a, a little bit more fun stuff, personal lives uh, side of things. You also get the show notes before the show starts, and you get access to a Facebook group. That is our community area. We'll share memes and whatnot in there. And sometimes we'll let you in on some new, uh, some new things that are happening around the show. Special thanks to our $50 a month uh, folks that uh, help get the show on the air every year, every week, rather. Yeah. The backbone of this show, Anthony Meyer, the uh, the seasoned Kenworth truck driver, who I think has his rig put back together, and he's back uh, back delivering products across the country. Jonathan Phillips down at Andy Moore Buick GMC, who is still trying to find me my new half-ton uh, GMC Duramax that GM just can't seem to produce for me. Uh, but it's not John's fault. It's the supply chain. You know how it goes. And Christy Avery from Fort Wayne, Indiana, who is down in beautiful, luxurious Atlanta, Georgia for the uh, Ms. Pat Pat Down deal uh, with our syndicator, Chris Spangle. Right. We uh, we also need to thank uh, an episode sponsor, a sponsor of the Wall Network. And uh, this episode is brought to you by Iconic Insurance. 15% of Americans are left to find health insurance on their own. You might feel overwhelmed, lost, or frustrated. And if that is you, feel in control of your health health with matt allen's help visit iconic insurance.com slash libertarians to get started and of course the candidate series is sponsored as always by wyland's flowers big bounce inflatables and the slick pickle party bus uh, great folks we appreciate their continued support uh looking at the chat craig DaCosta watching in hawaii the man is absolutely insane <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> uh the <laughs> the hawaiian wants to know Will this be as spicy as last week? I, Angela, is this going to be spicy? 
I would hope not. <laughs> I certainly don't think so. <laughs> All right, let's let's get into the conversation. Get to know everybody. On my right is Angela Mahaffey. Yeah, uh, you are a school teacher or a substitute school teacher, substitute. amongst other things. Tell us about yourself, why you're running, your background, and uh, what in, on earth convinced you that you want to put your name on the ballot. Well, peer pressure is an acceptable answer because that's happened to <laughs> that's, me. That's how he fell for it three times. That kind of was peer pressure, but I also took my own advice because I always tell kids and I've always told people when they were complaining and griping about stuff. And it's like, well, if you want to change it, get involved. I'm the same way right now. I have a lot of concerns and things not making a lot of sense. So I kind of took my own advice and decided it was time for me to get involved or at least try to get involved. So tell us about yourself. You're a Henry County native. You live over in Knightstown, Shirley, Cat is. What what part of the third district do you live in, lady? (laughs) Up in that little Middletown area. Just barely in Henry County. Yeah. So I've lived there since 97. Before then, it was Madison County. That's where I grew up at. I raised two children here that both graduated from Shenandoah School System. I've been married in two weeks, 34 years. And I've done a lot of different things. In my lifetime, I've done retail, I've done warehouses, working in receiving offices and stuff. Then I've been substitute teaching a lot. I also decided to go back and got an associate degree in early childhood education and an administration certificate. And then went back to substitute teaching because it was during that nice fun time of COVID when I got my degree. So I enjoy the teaching. I enjoy working with the children. That's one of my concerns is how we can be more helpful for our kids because being in the school system, I see it a lot, and there's a lot of needs out there that we need to cover. And then being out in the country, the county roads, I do not understand how they come underneath the process of which gets paved and which don't. Because it doesn't seem my road's been paved for 20 years, and <laughs> it definitely needs it. But I want to understand the process. I want to help. I want to change. I want to make our community more accessible for everybody, more understanding of what goes on, how it goes on, how the decisions are made and where we can actually help out and make it a better county and more helpful for the community itself and for the people in the community. Awesome. We're glad to have you here and continue the conversation uh, over the course of the evening. Shannon, tell us tell us your story. Well, I'm uh, I'm an Ohio guy. Uh was in Ohio for uh the the largest majority of my life. Um Moved over here in 2013. I worked 17 years at an electric cooperative in Ohio and uh, knew I wanted to make that next step. I was a uh, vice president of technology at the cooperative in Ohio. And uh, if if I wanted to be the chief executive officer of that cooperative, I would have had to wait another 10 years for the guy ahead of me to, to retire. So uh, the Henry County REMC CEO position came open and I... Uh, interviewed and was offered the position and made that move in 2013. Uh, from an education standpoint, right out of high school, I got a degree in uh, electronics engineering technology, and that was went, went right to work in manufacturing, doing controls engineering and automation in, in uh, manufacturing. Worked for Owens, Illinois for a while for uh, Aeroquip Corporation, making uh, fluid conveyance products. Uh, I worked for Honda for a bit, had a lot of focus on efficiency and uh, waste elimination, if you will. Um, but the cooperative really is where I uh, uh, learned a lot about working together and doing things what, that, it, that needed to be done. So uh, went went back after uh, starting at the cooperative and got a degree in information technology, an IT degree, and then I went on to get an MBA. Um, my wife Sherry and I have been married for 25 years. Um, I've got three boys, uh, the oldest of which made me a grandfather at 38 years old. Um, love that young lady to death, the, my, my oldest granddaughter. Um, she's growing up too quick. Uh, so I've got two granddaughters, two grandsons, from boy and a girl from my oldest son, boy and a girl from my middle son. My youngest son was actually uh, in the middle school when we moved over. So he uh, jumped right in at Shenandoah. I live in Middletown. Uh, my road has been paved. I live on Raider Road. Um, <laughs> yeah, it definitely gets paved. Yeah, it gets paved. Well, that's what you get for living on one of those main arteries. Yeah. Uh, so my youngest son graduated from Shenandoah a few years ago, and uh, uh, he is luckily 
not made me another a grandpa. <laughs> well, very good. And tell us about your motivations to run for the county council. So, a lot like what Angela said, you can't you can't complain and not be willing. I, I made a statement in front of a room full of politicians one time that the ones that have the knowledge and the ability to to fix things usually are also the ones that are smart enough not to do it. <laughs> and I'm proving myself that I'm probably not smart enough to not do it. Um, but I had several folks ask me if I would be willing to help. Um, I witnessed and saw some of the things being involved from the REMC standpoint. Uh, when I first got here, I remember looking at the county budget going, uh, and, and I, I was at a, uh, a council meeting where Clay Morgan says, there's a hole in the boat somewhere and that stuck with me and i'm going yeah he's right <laughs> there's a hole in the boat how do we go from all this surplus to dwindle 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 and now we can't we can't make payroll at the end of the year what what happened mm-hmm. um so a lot luckily a lot of that has been corrected and and fixed i think they have found some of the holes in the boat I'm not saying they're all fixed but uh so seeing some of that happen learning about how things go um, I feel like my experience with budgeting and working with large projects, uh, infrastructure, those kind of things could be very helpful for the county. And I'd like to help if the, uh, if the people would like to, uh, vote for me to be there, then I'll help the best I can. Wonderful. I will remind the, the viewers and the voters that this is an open seat. Peg Steffendel has, uh, served one term and she's not running for reelection. So, uh, open seat. Both both candidates are uh, are are going in it, looking for a first term. Dakota, I'll let you lead us off. All right. So uh, last week, episode number two hundred and seventy two, we had Landon Dean and John Sproles on, and they are both running for the sheriff of Henry County. One thing that they both uh, very uh, very wholeheartedly agreed on was that we need two more road deputies in Henry County. Um, and like you just said, the, the budget is, is pretty tight. So I wanted to ask you guys if in your mind and what your knowledge is, whenever the, whenever that newly elected sheriff comes knocking at the door, um, what are, what are you going to say? Um, do you support adding two more road deputies? Is this something you need more education on or, or, uh, just expand on the thoughts and, uh, we can start with you, Shannon, if you want to start. Sure. Yeah. I, I do not question the need. I think the need's there, but I, I, how, how do you hire somebody and offer them a salary when there's no money to do it? That's, that's the key, right? We're back to the budget, but we're having retirements happening. We are also having officers leave and go to other communities where they're paying more. How many, how many vacancies do we have right now? And are they having, uh, are they able to fill those vacancies? That's a question I, I have that I would have to have answers to. Um, we, we first are going to have to come, come up with a way to pay for them. So I, like I said, I do not question the need. I'm, uh, extremely thankful for all of the, uh, uh, volunteer deputies that, that, uh, the reserve officers that go out and help do those kind of things. Um, but we've, we've got to get a handle on where money's being wasted where jobs can be done more efficiently to free up uh, dollars that can be used where it makes more sense, where it's very desperately needed. So I would like to investigate all that stuff and, and change is hard. I mean, you're talking about change in nearly every department in, in the County, right? Are we going to identify efficiencies that can be had in every department and utilize our people to the best of their abilities and pay them what they're worth. If we can do that, maybe we can get those efficiencies worked out, have the dollars to adequately staff the departments that desperately need. All right. Same question to you, Angel. Well, I agree with Shannon. It, it's definitely a need out there. And from what I've seen and what you hear all the time in the news and you read, we definitely need, the deputies out there to help try to solve it. But again, the budget to understand the budget, to know exactly where the money is being spent. 
is there areas where there can be cuts? Is there things that they're spending money on that really shouldn't be spent on? It would have to be a whole lot of investigation done and understanding of exactly how the whole process works and where we could free up money to be able to help out because there's definitely a need, but where the money would come from, that would be another question. I don't want to lead either of you guys directly into the third rail of Henry County politics. Blood sport. But, <laughs> but, but what about the conversation of growing the tax base too, right? It's, there's two sides of it. Sure. There's, there's, yeah, you, you're trying to find cuts and, and trying to find ways to fund based upon what you have, but also finding a way that the majority of the community can agree to investments being made in, in the community. And is there a path for that? There is a path to it, but you would also have to be very steady because I know when you're talking about the taxes and I've seen where they're wanting to raise taxes and everything, the Americans right now are so strapped. If you start raising their rates and their property taxes, is it going to be more helpful or hurtful as far as the community goes? But then again, there is certain areas where we could make bigger adjustments because a lot of it does need to be based upon the capabilities of the individuals and where they're at and businesses and Who's actually supporting the money? And that's where getting the knowledge and the understanding of the budget, how it comes in, how everything is broken down between the property taxes, how it's actually divided. Is everyone on the same property taxes, including businesses? Is You know, there's just so many different routes to go and look at, but it's always a possibility. But you have to take consideration above your public. Yeah, and I guess I, I, I'm not saying a tax increase, but I'm saying finding more taxable businesses, right? right. Getting folks to locate businesses here getting folks to build houses, et cetera, and finding right. ways for the community to grow in that way. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's a, yeah. It's a balance, right? You, and, and you're in a chicken and an egg scenario. Who's going to move here if the law enforcement doesn't enforce the laws, right? So we've got to work slowly together to make changes, to make it happen. And, and I would suggest that the, the, current government has made some of those changes over the last several years to get away from that problem we were in when, I mean, that whole thing occurred because of circuit breaker taxes, right? And nobody, we were were asleep at the wheel, didn't take advantage of the opportunities presented to us to increase taxes when the tax base, where, when the tax cap came in place. So can we grow more businesses in Henry County? Yes. Can we get more houses built? Yes. I think that the current administrations in the Economic Development Corporation has done a great job of attracting businesses. We had a, a discussion about being able to get to places on time and we're a bedroom community, right? People are coming in from uh, living here and then driving elsewhere to work. That, that's great. We'll take as many of those as we can get, and I think we'll start to see more of those as businesses locate in the Greenfield-Hancock County area. Mm-hmm. So get the people here. If we can get the businesses here, we can start to increase the tax base. And I think it's happening a little bit at a time over the last several years. Not fast enough to keep up with inflation. Nothing's fast enough to keep up with the inflation that we've no. seen this year. Um, but that that same inflation impact has a big, huge draw on the county budget. Look at what we're paying just to put fuel in vehicles that the the sheriff's office uses and the highway department uses. The, the same amount of taxes paid by the same people will not get the same level of service now that it did even a year ago. So we're, we're in a, we're in a catch 22. What are we going to do to get out of it? We've got to find a way to do more with less. Yep. You can go ask Joe, Co- Joe Copeland, the highway superintendent, how much asphalt he can do. In fact, they've made cuts this year. At the beginning of the year, they had a plan for how many miles of roadway they thought they're going to be able to pave. I know that's one of your issues, Angela. And <laughs> it does not go as far as they thought it would in March. You know? right. and, and I know my road, I've been told three different times, yep, Jeffrey Street's getting paved this year. It's mid-October. It's I, I haven't seen a piece of paving. Still haven't yet. seen it. Well, and they've been saying that for how long? A couple of years. A couple of years, yeah. I just wait. You might get gravel on it instead. Oh, we have. <laughs> We've gotten some really cool things in our little corner. Well, part of the problem with that, though, is the the allocations for road expenditures come from the state, and it's based on population. It is a convoluted formula. It is not based on miles of road. 
Right. So if your population is low and you've got the same number of miles of road as a, as a county that's got a much higher population, they got way more money to take care of their roads than we do. So you're in that catch 22 and that chicken and egg scenario that we talked about a little bit ago. Dakota, we had a big bundle of money land on us though. That's right. Uh, the American rescue plan that was, uh, the funding that was given out due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Henry County was given $9.3 million in funds from the federal government. Um, and there's very few stipulations, actually. Usually whenever you get a grant or something, it's like very cut and dry. You have to spend it on this, um, like the food and beverage. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but this is, is not quite that way. Um, I know that uh, Ken and Gray had talked about like, it's going to be a long process to try to figure it out. They're going to uh, really try to be strategic about it. So I wanted to talk to you guys about it. Um, it doesn't have to be spent until December of 2024. So we got a minute. Um, what are I, what are your ideas as far as the, uh, the money goes? Have you been keeping up with it? Um, what are your thoughts on the things that have been said so far? Uh, we'll start with you, Angela. I've kept up with it a little, but not a lot. I agree that we do have to figure out where to spend it at and take our time because I think if we got needlessly just start spending without really thinking about the consequences of it, we're going to spend it on not really get anything for it. So as far yeah, we need to spend it. We got plenty of time, but we don't want to take too much time either. Just because we have until December of 24 to spend it, we have needs right now. So they really need to check everything out. Just like you said before, we have the deputies. We have the jail. We've got trying to get businesses in here. Where would the money best be used at to be able to pull what we need into the county to help us to become a thriving county? And yes, take your time looking at it, but yet we still, you have to be more momentum given to it. I've went to several of the council meetings and every time I go, they've talked about where they're thinking about spending it, but out of the six times I've been in the this year, so far, nothing has been made any kind of choices or decision. And I haven't heard of anything about let's get some people together, maybe get some ideas from the public, what they're thinking, what we're needing, where they think the money should go to. But there's no input coming in and nothing really come out. And that's something we do definitely need to focus on. So you feel like the seven council members have been having a conversation, but not having the conversation with the folks of Henry County? With the folks. Yeah. Because like I said, I go in there and I sit and I listen and not a lot of information comes out. And that's one of my problems that I think there should be more openness because in reality, unless it gets printed in the newspaper by someone making a comment, there isn't a whole lot of information coming out talking about where they're thinking about spending it or what we should do with it. And we definitely have a need in this county in several different spots to be able to start working and trying to become a more thriving county. All right. Shannon, ARP money. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I agree, uh, with a lot of what Angela said and, 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 uh, you know, Kenan has made some comments and, and I, I don't disagree with anything. Um, $9.3 million seems like a huge chunk of money. One of the things that I think we, there's two things that I think we should focus on because I think that can be used to help with what I talked about earlier. Um, one of them I know Angela is a big proponent of, and that's broadband infrastructure. There are places in this county that do not have access to good broadband. Um, some have access to absolutely no broadband whatsoever. Um, we talked a little earlier about a rural broadband episode that you guys were going to do back in the day. And it there was a lot of uh, discussion and we had the REMC had applied for uh, some government funding. And, uh, you know, it's all it it's all a waiting game might happen, might not. Um, I'm going to say this too, what you, you made mention that there's not really a lot of stipulations and you're right. That's good. Cause usually taking money from the government is like taking comes money from fish hooks. Yeah. It comes, it's like taking the <laughs> money from your in-laws, you know, sooner or later, she's going to be over measuring the hang curtains and deciding what color you're going to paint the walls. But that money has very little, uh, limitations and broadband and infrastructure is highlighted as a strong possibility to, for that money to be used for. So I think meeting the needs of the community to be able to invest in some infrastructure, 
I'm going to say fiber infrastructure because I've done the research and the wireless. If if it if the county could be covered by wireless, I'll tell you right now, the REMC would have done it a long time ago. Too but, much, too many trees, too much topography. Too much, yeah. And which I, I I should back up. It's not that it can't be done, but it can't be done cost effectively wirelessly because too many trees, too many hills and valleys. It's it's, it's that damn Blue River in the way, isn't it? Yeah, partially. <laughs> Um, the Blue River, the Flat Rock. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that, I mean, $42 million is what the estimate was for the REMC to deliver fiber optic broadband to all of the REMC's members. Okay. That's rural Henry County. That's what I was going to say is, uh, or was going to ask if there was, because I knew that if we brought, if we expanded broadband internet or fiber infrastructure, then it would be significantly more than the nine million dollars that we got. Yeah. So do you think that it would be something where we would, the county would have to work with a partnership with like the REMC or something like that? I think that would be the best suggestion is to work with the REMC, work with Nine Star Connect, work with New Lisbon Telephone to so the the fiber in the broadband world is a is a lot different than the REMC or it, if you think back to almost 100 years ago now we got electricity to every home in this country and you go why can't we get fiber broadband in right. 2022 yep. you think back almost 100 years ago maybe more we got a telephone to every home in this country you know want to know why that was able to be done because a decision was made up front that we do not duplicate. Yep. If somebody's taking that service in there, nobody else will. It's a utility. It's a utility. It has, and, and so there's a lot of people complain that they're monopolies and there's no competition. But if there was competition and you could choose your electricity from four different providers, you would have four different sets of poles and wires in your front yard. And I can tell you that the REMC you would sometimes, have four bills that are exactly the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and it would be more costly because there's more infrastructure invested. And if you have to, if you're only getting one out of every four customers, then the cost has to go up, right? Everybody's cost would go up. So it was done intentionally the way it was done for the electric utilities and the phone utilities. The REMC has places where there are four different fiber providers hanging fiber in this, on the same set of poles. And if you live in white estates over here, you can choose four different high-speed internet companies where we've got folks out in rural Blue River school areas that can't pick from any. That's I mean, that's problem. I see the Comcast guys back there all <laughs> the time because I work from home on a second floor and the yep. poles are behind our house. They have set up shop in our backyard. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's because they spend more time fixing it than they do. <laughs> than they do actually putting it in, it seems Put, like. Putting it in, yeah. <laughs> so, that, so that's the larger conversation. When you get a you know this chunk of money that you don't normally get, mm-hmm. it's a one-time item, Angela. It, and we don't know, you know, it... it Listen, we have a, a real habit of hanging on to folks we elect. So this is an open seat now. You may think you're signing up for four years, but you may be here in 40. <laughs> this could be a lifetime appointment. So it's important that we have the conversation to learn how you think. If you get a chunk of $9 million or $20 million, is that something where you say, hey, we're going to make an investment in something physical that's going to last the county for a long time? Or is it, hey, let's let's you know it, personnel and, and fix some stuff one time, smaller investments? It, you know what I'm saying? Larger physical infrastructure versus plugging stuff for the next two to three years. Well, considering I'm one of those ones who has dead zones in our own house and can't use our phone half the time, doing something that would be in the longer standing that helps the whole community would be much better than just doing the salaries. Because no matter what, you might use the salaries for getting someone in at that time, but then how are you going to pay them after that bill, after that money's gone? So, I mean... You really do need to think real strong and hard about how you want to use it, and it has to be for the betterment of the community. And I agree, the broadband is something that's just horrible, and it's something much needed. And I know so many kids, when I'm substituting, they don't even have Internet access at their home. I'm one of those ones that I have one way of getting Internet access, and that's pretty much it. Saw a lot of that with COVID and as well, where I, folks had to drive. You know, right. they, were, they were driving to places that were Wi-Fi hotspots to do, to do school. You know, the um, in that broadband discussion, and 
that goes into bringing a tax base into the county. It does. Because we have a b- beautiful places for homes in places like the Moreland area around Mount Summit, mm-hmm. um, all those sure. places. But if you're looking at a house out there and you say, what are, what's my internet options? Because I work from home now and I want to live out here. Then the realtor might look at you and go, well, I heard Elon Musk is working on Starlink. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That doesn't make the house sell very right. well. That's for sure. And it doesn't draw people to the community. Right. Sure. One of the other things I wanted to say, part of that dollar amount, if we can use those dollars to invest in technology solutions to work more efficiently and effectively in whatever department throughout the county, we do not utilize technology the way it could be or should be used in county government. There is technology software systems that can be used to effectively have our departments work more efficiently and work together and be able to help us identify where we might have some dollars that we can make go further in other places. So I think an IT analysis a solution that would help free up some uh, time from personnel to be able to uh, get things done or to not fill vacancies because we can get it done with less people is a good solution. Watching our chat here, everybody has an idea as to how we can spend our, our yeah, fund money. Three, 374 <laughs> different suggestions. Uh, and, and I know, I know Memorial Park has, has asked for, for some money and they've got, they've got a list of investments as well for the, for the large County park. Uh, I'm seeing that Jack Brown, who I believe is with the sheriff's department, says that they're advocating for body cams for the sheriff's department and video for all the patrol cars. Uh, sure. Another fellow named Daniel Martin, who's uh, saying a million dollars could be given to county employees for a significant raise to be competitive with other communities. Uh, and yep. that's the that's that large question we were talking yeah. about: is hey, if we if we increase salaries or if we add to headcount, how long is that sustainable? And what kind of a gamble is that? Right. Yeah, right. that that drives you to increase taxes to be able to pay that out next year. To be fair, Daniel did also say that we need to bring something in that has a return after a few years to recoup the money and be able to sustain the raises. So right. I think kind of spreading it around instead of saying, all right, all 9.8 goes towards this. So the county has, I believe, started a study of county buildings, yep. uh, evaluating maintenance that needs to be done on the, the 20-year-old Justice Center the uh, the annex, which is the building that abuts the Justice Center, and then the, the, the historic courthouse. Um, have you been watching that study, Angela? And any it, any response to investing in, in some of this money into the into the buildings? Yeah, no. I mean, investments one thing, especially with your older buildings, but the feasibility is it a good thing to be doing that? Where you do have to have the study because you really need to be able to process and look at everything to see if the money is going to really be for good use. I know by going to several meetings, there's several times I hear each month that they have a new thing that's wrong with the Justice Center that they need to replace, the emergency exits. And there comes a point in the time is when does it become too much? And without having that um study done to know if it's actually a feasible dollar amount to actually work with it and to bring it up to date or do we need to look at something different to be able to move on from it because there's times when keeping an older building especially ones that's been around it's nice having them it does draw their attraction in people coming in wanting to see the old historical buildings and everything especially courthouses i mean they become iconic for your community Right. I've, I've noticed we have a lot of state legislators putting direct mail pieces out that have found that our courthouse is very recognizable for them to have their picture made in front of. Mm. Right. So it's always, you know, good advisory just to keep the courthouses going because it does attract people coming in. And when they go to visit, I know just by going through Greenville and Shelbyville, I always love seeing their courthouses there because of the way they look. Newcastle, this courthouse really stands out when you go by it and it draws people in. Would you find the money to plant a tree in our courthouse to, to really 
make a run at Greensburg. <laughs> well, you know, there's this thing called Arbor Day where they give away free trees all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but you'd have to wait like 30 years for it to get that size. That's true. Where we put you could plan it Long term investment. The first day you're there's elected and it'd be two or three trees in but you knew you put it up there. Yeah, that's where we should have put the rain tree a couple years ago. <laughs> Take but, that, Decatur County. There's good and bad things. Yeah, you do need to do some budgeting, putting things back in, getting it back in order just so it's a working thing. Is it more advisable to update everything or is it more building somewhere else? I mean, there's just so many different things you have to look at before you can really make a solid decision. So, Shannon, what what are your thoughts on the uh, the big three county buildings? So, the the buildings need to be taken care of. They really do. And and Part of the reason why they're they're needing the repairs that they're needing is because we don't have the dollars in our expense budget to to take care of what needs to be taken care of. So now we have to spend capital dollars to make big repairs to take care of things. So back to the, the, the chicken and the egg, right? If we spend the capital dollars to get these things up to where they should be, Great, but then we better make sure we put some money aside in the budget to maintain them instead of waiting for them to fall apart. So the big three buildings, I think we need to take care of. It it does seem to me from the outsider's perspective that the county has been hiring professionals to give you a report. I know Memorial Park has done that, hiring an engineer to, to come up with a punch list of things to do. It sounds like they've done that here with this. Yeah. With with this project where you've got some professionals that are going to come in. And I know the council has Baker Tilly that does some advising as well so that you're not sure. having to shoot from the hip necessarily or the squeaky wheel. Right. Um, do you find value in, in hiring outside consulting firms to to do that work so that you can make decisions? Yes. OK. Yeah, I think so. Um, gener- generally. Sometimes you hire a consultant so you have somebody to blame it on if it goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but in general, there's a guy that's worked in the utility industry. <laughs> <laughs> um, generally, having somebody with an expert opinion um, is a good thing. So spending a few dollars to get a clear, concise picture of what needs to happen is a good idea. All right, let's move on here. Um, the Expo Center in Memorial Park, um, it has turned into a controversial project in the past few years. Uh, we've been following it since it was just a thought. Um, they there's It was primarily at the beginning um, going to be private donations that funded this whole project, right? right. right. Um, now we have an uncompleted Expo Center and... Uh, there's uh, talks and things about, you know, uh, should the council step in and just get this thing done and over with? Um, what are your guys' thoughts on both of that? Uh, we can start with you, Shannon. Yeah, so I, being at the REMC, I had lots of discussions. The REMC made donations in in the form of monetary donations and uh, not charging them for line extension, building electrical infrastructure over there to provide power. Um, it, it was all developed with a good intent. Let me, let me start with that. I think everybody that was involved with that had good intentions and things just didn't go the way they needed them to go. So we're at a point now, does, they're not going to get any more private donations. They might get a few. But the chances of getting enough private donations to finalize that or finish that building are pretty slim the because of all the, the controversy. Really the controversy around it is just that's why we are where we are. So should the county give money to the Expo Center? I think the answer to that is no. Should the county finish the Expo Center? Maybe. Maybe. You have, you have, and for those that don't have the full backstory, you essentially have – County owned property with yes. a, with a, uh, 501c3 that has a long term lease that's building a project that's not fully completed yet. Yeah. And so my question would be at what point does the county say you are not fulfilling your obligations in this lease? 
thank you for putting up the structure that is there. We will take it from here and the county owns and operates whatever. And whether it's an expo center or it's something else that they, the county has a use for or they sell it, whatever. I, I think the chances of it getting finished by, by private dollars is very, very slim. And I don't think the county continuing to provide dollars to a project or, or adding dollars to a project that is so controversial without having full control over it is a good idea. When, when you say the county uh, taking control over owning and operating the expo center, uh, do you mean in terms of like the Henry County Memorial Park? So like it would be under the direct control of the park board or how do you see that? To, to be determined. And I think that would be a question for the commissioners. I think they yeah, decide right. that, but yeah. um, you know, if, if the county, if we're going to say that, the lease is void and the county now owns it, then the commissioners would need to take that up. Gotcha. And this was essentially food and beverage money over the last 12 months was applied for the expo did not get it awarded at the time. Representative Saunders said, Hey, if this doesn't get awarded guys, don't be surprised if this ends up back in your lap at some point. So that's kind of set the stage for the conversation as we're, as we're coming into this election. Angela, you've been watching it. You're, I know your your kids are four H alumni along along with myself. It's the Memorial Park and what's inside of it. It's a big deal for everybody that lives in the community. Right. What are your thoughts? Unfortunately, I can't, I agree with Shannon. I don't think it's going to get done by private dollars. I really don't know if it's the responsibility of the council to take over and give them money because then where do you draw the lines with other individuals that comes up asking for the money and the budget for it? Unless, like you said, unless it's something that the commissioner takes over and they set up a board just like they do with the park and everything, I don't see it's something that's feasible for us to really get involved with and for the council to take over on. Just because, number one, it was originally done with private dollars and it was something that was being privately designed and what was going to happen and everything to be done. Would it be nice if it got completed? Yes. Would it be helpful in the community? Yes. I just don't see that it's actually going to be happening. All right. Yeah, it's a it's a to be determined. The, it's such a unique way, and there's so much history and so many layers to the onion as to how it got to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, the conversation comes back to okay, but, it's sitting on county ground, right? Right. I, right. This this is from my own ignorance, uh, Shannon. Um, would would the council be able to dissolve the lease? Council couldn't. The commissioners would. Because that would be under the commissioners. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. They, so, for those that are watching in Hawaii or other places, the the Henry <laughs> County Council is is a financial arm, right? Right. You've got some involvement with some boards and some appointments across the way, but the vast majority of the responsibility of the council is the purse strings of the county, and then the county commissioners, which is the the Steve Holmes Joe Wiley conversation we had a few weeks ago. Those are the county executives that determine ordinances that right. that enter into contracts, et cetera. Yeah. Right. All right. So Angela, you've you've been attending some council meetings. When you attend meetings, if you don't win a seat, they end up putting you on a board and you know it, uh, <laughs> the council has appoint <laughs> the, the council has appointments to various boards. Have you have you witnessed this process and have any any comments on on how the council appointment process works? If you think it's healthy, I the reason that this is in the notes is because I witnessed the food and beverage committee come up with a plan, go through public input, public testimony, said, Hey, County council, here's our plan. Here's how we want you to spend the money. And then as happens from time to time with the council, they say, thank you so much for your work. We appreciate it. Now here's what we're actually going to do. <laughs> here's, here's how we're going to spend the money, but thanks for your time and effort. What is that, you know, what this is leading you into it here. How, what do you, how do you think that works? Well, I think a lot of it's done behind closed doors. Like I said, I go to them and I see things being presented to them. And then, like you said, they sort of say, thank you, go on. And then I'll say in the newspaper, who's in charge of which boards they've delegated, who's doing what nothing's never presented inside of the council meetings on what's being done, how budgets are worked out. Everything like that is done at another time period, and especially at a, 
they might say, well, it's open, but it's at a different time where you're working and you can't go to them to see what's going on or how things are accomplished. But I also feel that they don't give the public their hearsay, just like you said, with the food and beverage. To me, that would be just such a slap in the face because you're just ignoring everything they just said just because you've already decided without even taking consideration or saying, you know what, let's think about that. We can decide on it. We'll talk about it among ourselves. We'll come back to the next council meeting. We can discuss, you know, if what you came up with is a really good idea or maybe we might add to it with what we can do, which is the way it should be done. Because I do think there needs to be an openness, and I just don't see it. Because when I go there, I sit there, and I'm kind of confused, and I watch, and everyone just gets up, and they go, well, this is what's going on. This is what we need. Okay, yeah, you got it. Oh, well, you've read that report. We gave you the report. But what was in the report? What were they doing? What are they trying to do? You don't get that kind of information usually. Not unless someone decides as an individual they put out a comment to the paper telling you. So knowing exactly how the process works, I'm not real sure because it seems most of it's done behind the doors. Yeah, I do know that everybody ends up being put like on seeing in the newspaper, watching it earlier this year on who was going to be on which boards. It's like every individual is on like seven or eight different boards. And I don't know how you get anything really accomplished. Are there now speaking before we transfer over to Shannon, are there are there Areas that you're interested in serving on as a as a council person with boards that relate to other county offices or responsibilities of of the council? Yeah, there would be some boards I would really be interested in, especially, of course, since roads are one of my things. I would really be, like to be involved with that because I don't understand why there can't be some kind of a design made that every road in Henry County is paved like once every 10 years. They have some kind of design, all the map road maps made out. You know exactly what's going to be a budget for each year, how to hit each individual road. That way it's in a rotation and it's constantly being repaved every 10 years. I know in my area, because of all the farm equipment, our roads get broken down rather quickly. There has to be some way to be able to solve that. And I think the only way to be able to understand it and be able to have any inputs by being on the board. The same way with some of the, well, I don't, I guess I'm not real sure exactly Pacific board names, but there's different entrants I have, the kids, families. I mean, just how can we better improve our community and just how is the money spent between the different county departments? Because there doesn't seem to be a lot of communication that goes on between all the different departments. And I've watched it where um, to the individual ladies in the council meeting was upset because they're talking about giving more money to a certain department and to raise this person's salary because they really need to have this position covered. But when they're talking and they're like, well, you're trying to make it a specialized department or specialized job just so you can pay them more out of their budget. But yet you tell us as individuals, we weren't worth to have the extra money, but yet we do all these extra things. And you're saying specialized things, you know, Salaries should be considered, each department should be considered. So being involved in how the salaries are coming up, their insurance and everything, I would really like to be involved with that because I'm about the people. I really, you know, want to do where the individuals are getting what they really need. And without that money and without those insurance, we can't retain people here. That's why we end up having all the openings we do because there is counties around us that does pay a lot more. And if all you got to do is drive 30 minutes away, who's not going to do it if you're going to get a lot more to your budget? Very good. Shannon, tell us about your, your view on, I guess, the work that our citizen boards are doing and then your interest in, in what boards you think you'd be able to assist on as a council member. Sure. So you, you kind of hit the nail on the head earlier. If you go to council meetings and, and you uh, just kind of hang around, you'll end up get a, getting appointed to something as a citizen appointment. Um, uh, I was asked to and, and applied and was appointed to the job classification and, and wages committee, which sounds like exactly what Angela needs to be on if she gets <laughs> elected. That'd be my recommendation for you. Um, and my experience on that was not that great, to be honest about it, because when I made suggestions as a citizen appointment, uh, I was told, you know, that's that's not how we do things here in Henry County, Shannon. 
okay, but you've got a problem. You've got somebody doing two jobs because somebody left and you're not compensating them properly, but you're not going to make any changes to their job classification or look at their situation until you look at everybody together. Well, by the time you look at everybody together for that, and you don't, we don't have enough money to look at every job every year, so they do it in sections. By the time you get to looking at it, they, they moved on and they're doing something else. And that, so you're saying that government doesn't respond as quickly as the private sector. That's, maybe this is what we're learning. <laughs> yeah, not agile, wow. not agile, and and this is shocking news. To this, me, Shannon, you're gonna have to it's me shocking news for all of the listeners, I'm sure. Um, one of the things, and and uh, uh, I think both of our comments were in the newspaper the other day, and I made a comment about we need to understand the difference between governing and managing because we're being elected to govern, not manage. But some of those that are elected are managing the elected uh, auditor and treasurer. And the, the elected department heads. The department heads. They, they are managing. County council and is not elected to manage. It's elected to govern. So my experience on that board was we were micromanaging the i say we the county council the council members uh, that were on that committee at the time were micromanaging and and listening to department heads come and then be sent back to get more information what about this what about that and that's where a lot of those things are happening that you say aren't ex- exposed to the general public they're they have these meetings and they are open you can go sit in and watch as a as a a citizen but are we live streaming those i know, I, I, know, I don't think so yeah well, I, know, I know that we have council meetings that get live streamed but yeah that but it doesn't mean that all of the committee meetings get but it's kind of it's kind of the the idea is you have these committees right and the committee gets in dug in and does the work and they bring back recommendations to the full council right that's the objective and in my world, in the utility world, in the cooperative world, if we bring something to a committee or to a board of directors, we bring them options and a recommendation and they make a decision. And I better not come there without information that is what they need to make a decision. Too many times I see people coming to council and been told, no, you need to go back and get more information or coming to the, the job classification committee. No, that's not what we need. We, you've got to go get this and go get that. We've got these department heads that were elected to do things that should be able to clearly identify and know what they need to bring to a governing body to make a decision. And we have not empowered them to do that. Nor have we held them accountable to do that because they have no reason to be accountable to do that because they have to bring everything to the council or the commissioners anyway. So we need to understand as a group, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm stepping out on a limb here, right? You know it. <laughs> Jeremiah's looking at me like, are you sure you know what you're saying and you know you're live, right? <laughs> but we need to govern – and let the folks that are elected or hired to do their jobs, do their jobs. Give them the, the resources they need to work efficiently and effectively. Let them bring information that, that decisions need to be made and go from there. There is a lot of dysfunction on those individual committees and boards that you talked about. Yeah. I, I listen, I've, I've sat in one of the chairs as well as a, as a board member, as a, a part of the Memorial Park board and, it is it is an incredibly frustrating experience being on a county appointed board with very limited training, very limited guidance, very limited expectations as to what the the body that appointed you is actually looking for. So it doesn't always work out well. Uh, right. Where you, you know you don't know that you have the support of the folks that appointed you to the board mm-hmm. that they're going to follow through on the work that you did. If they're going to say no, thanks, but you need to go back and start over. It's there's a lot of uncertainty and un, un, unclarity, um, and like I said, it was the perfect example of it to me was the food because I thought they ran a fantastic process for food and beverage, right? Um, and a lot of thoughtful presentations, and you know, it was a very deliberate process. And then they got to a point where 
they presented to the council. Council had a couple of nights. I thought by watching the live streams, I saw that they were darn close to saying, yes, we accept what the board does. And then they adjourned. And then two weeks later, a completely different decision was somehow reached. And the council said, okay, sure. Yeah, I don't have any insight into how that all worked, but I agree with you. There was a committee put together to do some good work to make some recommendations. I don't know where uh, where or how the position changed. I have no clue. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else on this topic for you, Dakota? No, I don't have anything. All right. Are there, is there specific boards that you think you want to be a part of, Shannon? Uh, I would, or, I, your, or your interests, I guess. Well, I would, I would go wherever I could be useful. I, I don't want to go where, uh, go over there and do that because nobody else wants to. Um, although that might be the best place for me to be useful, I don't know. Um, I know the redevelopment commission is something that I would be interested in. I served on the economic development corporation board for uh, the entire time I was at Henry County REMC, and I was the chair when I uh, stepped away and went to a different job last year. Um, so I'd like to be involved from that uh, perspective at some point with helping to grow the community and uh, grow the tax base. Wonderful. All right. I, I think we're at the point in the show where we can, I, it goes fast. Right? We've, we, we, we've been on the air for an hour, so I think we probably ought to start wrapping up. Uh, Angela, uh, if folks want to learn more about you, if they want to volunteer for the campaign, give money, uh, oh, because it campaign campaigns aren't free. These signs don't just magically appear. <laughs> um, how do people get involved? And in are there issues that you're passionate about that we didn't cover? This is the catch-all moment. Catch-all moment. As far as connecting with me, you could either do it by emailing me, which is a mahaffey twenty twenty two at gmail dot com, or you can go onto my Facebook page. I also have a Facebook page just for my candidacy. Um, as far as things that I think we didn't hit on or anything, I think we covered a lot of it. And in a lot of ways, I'm just like with Shannon on his thought process. I just want to go out there and help and understand and be able to be involved to get to where we can be a better community because I see so much different needs that we have. And I don't see the understanding between all the different county departments. And there is that disconnect. And somehow we need to connect and be able to be a better county where we're actually supporting each other instead of just butting heads against each other. So as far as any special topic that really strikes me, the roads are my number one, broadband definitely, because like I said, I walk in my house and I'll lose phone calls because I have dead zones. (laughs) (laughs) But I think overall, I feel pretty comfortable with everything that's been said. All right. And then for for those that are watching or listening and they aren't total nerds that have their council districts memorized. Where are you on the ballot? Where, where, what, what represent, what townships or what towns are in your district? Essentially it's Middletown to the Knightstown area, the Western corridor of the County. It's from, yeah, the Middletown all the way down to Knightstown, all the way over towards Greensboro to 400 right before Sulphur Springs. So you have Hunting Creek, Greensboro. What is it? Um, Mechanicsburg, Knightstown, Shirley, all that area Kenner, in there. Caddis. Kenner, Caddis, yeah. yeah. All right. Ray's Crossing. Y'all have Ray's Crossing? No, maybe? No. Uh, I, don't, I don't think no. so. No, no, that's the wrong town. Uh, what the hell's the town by Knightstown? The, the little Raysville. Raysville. There Raysville. Yeah. It's one of those R's. Yeah, yeah it's Raysville. I, I think Ray, Raysville <laughs> is in, in District 3. Yeah. yeah, it is. All right. Well, thank you for being part of it. No problem. Thank we, you for we, having we me. We enjoyed hanging with you. Shannon, what did we miss? What do people need to know? What's the they walk away knowing? Um, I, you know, that's a good question. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, Facebook's probably the best way to do it. Uh, uh, Shannon's home for Henry County council. Um, quick search. will get you there. Um, if you'd like to have a yard sign, reach out to me. Happy to, uh, to do that as a, as a new, uh, uh, candidate, never run for office before. I'm kind of putting signs up where, uh, where I, somebody says it's okay and, and, uh, it works out a good, but I really, I don't have, uh, uh, you know, a thousand friends and family that are begging me for yard signs. Thank goodness. Cause I didn't even buy a thousand yard signs. I don't know what I do. With. A thousand yard signs is a insane amount of yard that, signs. You're, you're exactly right. But I, be, you should, you should see how many Jeremiah moral signs are in the basement of this building. <laughs> <laughs> and I am oh so incredibly happy to not be trying to put them out there. Yeah. Yeah. You're in our, our little shed out there. 
behind our house? Oh, I've got I've got yard signs from the last fifteen years of various <laughs> yeah, storage unit somewhere full yeah. of yard signs. Yeah, we uh, we used to collect them actually from each candidate that came on this. Oh, show. Oh yeah, and uh, at our old studio, which was in my guest bedroom at my house, it was we had a wall. Yeah, that we put up. I say you don't even have to wallpaper or paint anymore. Yeah. You can just staple. Those, those are all up there. Yards. Yeah, they're all, up, they're, they're all up there. <laughs> and I've got another hundred of them in the, my mini barn. <laughs> Yeah, so I there's nothing really. No, I don't have any special interests or or uh, pet projects or anything like that. I want to help get things done, help everybody work more efficiently, help everybody get along. One of the things that I've said in in on my Facebook page and on the material that I've passed out is my background is is working in an electric cooperative, and the cooperative functions by seven cooperative principles. And and one of them is collaboration, working together. We have so many people working against each other for different reasons. If we could get everybody united and working together towards a common goal or a common good, we could get so much accomplished and this community would be so much better for it. I hear it time and time again. I used to do advocacy over at the state house for the for the REMC. Um, I still participate in that where I'm at now. When you go to the state house and they go, "What what is going on with Henry County? What, why can't they get it together over there?" And you go, "I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know." <laughs> Why are you guys so special? Yeah, uh, you know, other communities how, can get it together. How Why do you can't have you get enough content for this show to have existed for five, six crazy years? Right, uh, it never it, ends. But I mean, lawmakers see it and say, if if Henry County could get their act together, we would be more willing to to help promote things in Henry County. But as long as we're fighting against each other, we're not going to get help from anybody outside. We're going to get dollars that we have to be given because of the laws that were passed. But trying to make this place a better community, attract new investment, attract people to live here, we better get our act together and start acting like a community with common goals and a common good. And that's that's what my foundational background is built on. That's what I want to try to bring to the council. So uh, if you want to Check out my Facebook page. You can uh, ask for a yard sign. I'm sure you can figure out on there somewhere to click a button and contribute <laughs> dollars to my campaign because, as Jeremiah says, these yard signs are not free. Um, and are you are you guys walking at all? You going door to door? I uh, maybe not really. I Some. I walked more last week. I, keep in mind, I I sit behind a desk for for a <laughs> living, and on Saturday night when I got home, I walked in Middletown. And uh, I walked in Middletown three days last week, and this Fitbit thing that my wife got me, I'm like, well, no, it's never seen a number that big before, you know. And, it's in the five digits, isn't it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yep. And and my wife's like, well, let's talk about that. And I'm like, honey, I I got to sit down. I, I, my back hurts, my knees hurt, my feet hurt. I haven't walked this much since I was did the twenty mile walkathon back in the nineteen seventies and eighties. You got to admit, our district is one of the. It's the biggest district. It, it's around vast. Here. It's a long one. Yeah, yeah it it's is. vast, and uh, it's that's a lot to get done. So we are walking and hanging, hanging materials, and and talking to anybody that'll talk to us. Well, I, I'll tell you both that I I greatly respect the grind, and the I know the effort that it takes to to put your name on the ballot, to go through it, to do the campaign finance reports, to to hit your friends and family up for money, and say, hey, this is important, and I want to do this. And man, I, and I've I've been on every porch in in, Rush, in Henry Township myself. So I get it. And Rushkill. And I've been all over the place. I, I empathize completely and I'm very <laughs> thankful y'all are y'all are doing it. Thank you. Dakota? Uh, I wanted to thank both of you guys for coming on. Um, I've not ran for office before, but I've, you know, helped out a lot of friends, good friends that have run for office and it's, uh, I know that it's difficult, um, but it's needed. So, I also want to say a big thank you to our sponsors tonight, uh, Wildlands Flowers, Big Bounce, and the Slick Pickle. And you hear commercials and stuff on this show. If you uh, if you hear them, know that supporting those businesses supports us. It supports them. And it uh, also helps you out because we don't advertise businesses that we don't enjoy ourselves. So 
make sure you hit them up. Tell them that we sent you over so that they know that their money actually does something for them. So very good. Yeah, buy your wife some flowers and tell them Boss Hog sent you. Um, I want to leave with a, a uh, I guess a, a a little symbol of what Henry County has done or can do. Um, last Friday night, Devin Guffey, who was on this show back in maybe July, mm, yep. uh, he was the young man who was talking about his, the fishing and getting into uh, professional angling. Yes, and he he brought us through through all of that. Um, he was in a very serious car accident on Wilbur Wright Road. Uh, and he's been in, I think he had actually had surgery today, and he's been um, at Methodist Hospital since that time and, and, and has a long road back to recovery. Uh, I just in, I think oh, just on Saturday, they started a GoFundMe page to help with the family for medical expenses and, and getting folks from Newcastle and all of the interruptions that go there. And they've raised over $10,000, the community did, just instantaneously. Uh, to help out the the Guffey family, so awesome. um, very. It shows what a community we have here in mm-hmm. in Henry County, and I know that there's real issues to discuss and uh, some differences, but most importantly, we come together and take care of folks. So um, there's some folks that are hurting, but the community's doing whatever they can to try to help. So uh, with that, I thank these guys so very much for being a part of uh, part of the show. And uh, next week we're going to do it again. Uh, we got another ca- another contested council race, so we're going to do the uh, Henry Township uh, District Two uh, race, and it's going to be uh, Mike Ranger and uh, Melanie Wright. So, with that, we'll catch you all next Thursday night. Thanks so much. Thank, Thank you. you.